Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron. And Crypto 101 is taking a week off, and we're really sorry about this. However, we want to re-release one of our old episodes. We're really sorry about this, but we are working on new episodes for next week. We have more interviews and more informational podcasts. We will be right back where we left off, and we'll see you next week. Enjoy. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron. Before we get started today, I just want to point out that there are a lot of natural disasters in the world today. And there is a huge earthquake. I'm sorry, there was a huge earthquake in Mexico, 8.1 on the Richter scale. Two hurricanes have beaten up the southeast United States. And there's floods in Asia and other parts of the world. And since we are all crypto advocates and fans, and we're always seeing Lambos on the mood and hold and, you know, things like that. I think this is a great opportunity to utilize one of the benefits of cryptocurrency, the ability to cross borders and cross the globe really fast. If you know of any place where you can donate a little bit of a Bitcoin, send a, a Vertcoin, a Litecoin, or a Virium, or whatever you're holding, to a cause to help put a little bit of cash into these people that are losing their houses, flooding their basements, maybe just have no place to live, and just want to get either a bite to eat pay a cell phone bill, keep their lights on. This this little bit of money helps. And I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Red Cross and things like that because I think most of it goes to uh, their admin costs and, and salaries and, and, and things like that. But if you know anybody or any organization that you think is trustworthy, please uh, come onto our Facebook page, come onto our Twitter, send us some leaks, put it up there. You know, sending a vert coin, it's a buck does help a lot though depending on where you are in the world and a lot of vert coins can you know add up to be life-changing or at least situational temporary situationally changing for a lot of people so just want to keep that in mind and uh and i wanted to say thanks in advance for listening to crypto 101 and sending your bitcoins or whatever coins you are to somebody that might need them right now i know And moving on to today's show. Today's show is going to be on um, trading strategies and terminology. Now, this is just going to be an overview of what things are called, you know, certain terms that you're going to see on like a certain exchange, Poloniex, what have you, and different ways you can trade. I learned a cool trick just the other day from watching a high altitude investing that didn't cross my mind. And it's more of a psychological trick than anything, but... I really appreciate it. All right. So going into the terms really quick, um, we know bull, bear, something's bullying, something's bearish. Uh, we know uptrend. You know, when the market is or a coin is uptrending, it means it's raising in price. Downtrend is going down in price. That does not mean it's going to keep going always down, 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 down. But it's relative to what it was before. So you see that there's a downtrending price. Uh, volume, the amount of money going through a certain coin or a stock, and a market cap is how much the certain how much capitalization is in or invested into a certain stock or coin. Those are just basic terminologies that we just want to get over real quick. But going into being on exchange, we want to look at something like bid and ask. 
Now, you're going to see the terms bid and ask on your exchange. And a bid is someone who is trying to buy your buy a coin. So it's a bid for a certain price, a certain price. So like right now, I'm looking at Monaco right now on uh, on Bittrex. And there's, there's a lot of bids in there. Somebody's wanting to buy it for $8.50. Nobody's taking them, so he's holding there. And there's people who want to ask for prices as well. And an ask is how much you're going to sell your coin for. So there's bids and asks. Now, the cool thing about Bittrex or these exchanges is that you can click on these prices. So if you're in the order book, you're looking at the bids and you're looking at the asks, you can just say, oh, you know what? There's a guy with 300 coins. I want to buy 300 coins. And that price is more or less what I want to pay for it. Click on them, fill your order, and you're and you're not dealing with it. Or what you could do is just pay the market price or put in a market order. And that is just whatever price the market is at right now. If the market says it's nine bucks, it's nine bucks. You pay. Now, there's a couple other features on every exchange. If you're on Coin Coinbase, I don't think that they have this feature, but GDAX does. And that is your limit orders and your stop orders. Limit orders and stop orders are kind of confusing. And you know, to be perfectly honest, it took me a while to get it. All right. So we have a buy limit order. A buy limit is buying for X amount or less. So for example, let's use Litecoin for these examples. Litecoin is at $60, for example. And Litecoin is at 60, but you would only buy at 50. So it's at 60 and you only buy at 50. You can set a, set a buy limit order. You can set a buy limit. So that means if it crosses the threshold of 50, you're gonna pick it up. On the other side of this, you can have a sell limit. And a sell limit is if it is at that amount or more. So, for example, you if you bought your Litecoin at 50 because it went down, but it's going back up to 60, but you want to sell at 60 because you think that it's probably not going to go any higher than 60, maybe 61, maybe 62, but at 60, you want to sell your coin. That's your sell limit. So you have a buy limit to buy you at buy your Litecoin at 50, and you have your sell limit to sell it at 60. Now, these are automated by the exchange. It will automatically buy when it hits 50 or less, or you can automatically sell when it hits 60. And you can set this up. Now you have a stop order, and a stop order is a little different. A buy stop order is buying at X amount or more. Now, what is the difference between a buy limit and a buy stop? Stop. Buy is buy limit is going down. You're gonna go down in price. A buy stop is going up. For example, Litecoin is at 60. I'm sorry, let's just say Litecoin is at 50. And you don't, you're not sure if the price is going to go up. But you're going to just kind of like, okay, if it goes to 60, I know it's going to go to 70 and might go to 80 because now it's uptrending. So you, you put a buy stop order. If it hits 60, that's when you buy. Because after it hits 60, you know it's going to go to 70 and 80 and it's going to break out of this resistance that you've been looking at. On the other hand, there's a stop loss or a sell stop order. And now that means if you're holding it at 60, say if you buy at 60, and you say, I don't want to lose anything less because I'm not sure where this price is going to go. I want it to go up and I'm going to hold it until it goes up to the moon. But if it goes to 50, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting out of this because I, I think once it hits 50, it's just going to drop down to 40 and maybe I'll pick some up later. So you can put this order on. If it hits 50 or less, then sell. If it hits 50, then sell. As opposed to a sell limit, which is if it hits 50, then buy. 
So the exchanges have these four different ways to automatically make your purchases. Um, some of the exchanges have a stop limit order. Stop limit. So that means you can set two prices. For example, uh, between two prices, you can make your purchases. For example, maybe something's going to surge. Maybe your Litecoin is going to is at 60 right now, and it's going to surge. And you're like, okay, it's at 55, and I know it's going to go to 60, but it might just shoot up. Now, I don't want to buy at – I'm going to buy at 60, but I don't want to buy at 65. So you can set a stop limit order, which means I will buy at 60, but I won't buy anything higher than 65. And the same thing from going down. You can sell at – say 60 but you won't sell at anything below 55 these are actually six different ways that you can manage automatically on your exchanges your your trades some exchanges are more advanced than others when it comes to this allows you more options and other ones use different terminologies for example bitrex uses conditional orders if it hits 50 or less then sell now, this is kind of tricky for the for one reason. It's because most of the time when you're going to, when, when the coin is going down, it doesn't go down gradually. <laughs> it's like, doop, 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 doop. I mean, sometimes it does. But sometimes it just drops out of the fucking sky. And you're, at, you're sitting at 50, and next thing you know, in three minutes, you're at 45 or 40 or something, right? That's, that's the problem. You Basically, what happens here, and that's why, what's the difference between stop limit and uh, stop losses, right? So you can, if it's a stop loss, it says at at 50, we're going to start selling. But it can sell anywhere below that price that you set. However, a stop limit will say between 50 and 45. So it's dropping, it hits 50, it activates the system to, to start selling for you. But then it passes the threshold of your limit. And now you're just holding. So risk is in both. Sometimes you're just doing it to just to game the market. You're just like, okay, everybody has their own strategies. We're going to talk about strategies in a little bit. But everybody has their own strategies and, and their own usage for these tools that are on the exchanges. And you just got to figure out which one's best for you. And you got to keep thinking, what if this happens? What if that happens? And how are you going to make yourself comfortable with those choices or decisions that you're making? Um... I hope that was clear. <laughs> I will listen to this again while I'm editing and see if it's clear or not. Now let's go into uh, more of a strategy. Different terminologies that people people might say is I am long or something. I am bull, bullish on something. If I'm long or if I'm bullish, kind of two different things. If I'm long on something means I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold something for a longer period of time. I'm bullish on something means I think that it's, it is going up and I'm investing. If I'm short on something means that I don't think that it's it's for the long term. I don't think that it's going to be profitable for a long time and maybe I just, you know, hop in and hop out. You also can see I'm I'm bearish on something. I'm bearish on Neo right now. I'm it's it's bearish fuck honestly. Uh so you can have these different terminologies to express your feelings about a certain market now this is different uh, different than saying that i'm buying x coin or i'm selling x coin if i'm long on something means i could be holding it i'm not telling you how much but i'm invested and i think that there's a future 
that's definitely different than I'm buying Neo. Now, if I'm long or I'm short on something, doesn't mean I'm shorting it. I'm shorting the market or I'm shorting a, a coin. A lot of people say I'm gonna short something. I'm gonna short Neo, let's say. When people use that, they usually mean that they're going to they're gonna sell it at 100 and they know it's going down, pick it up when it hits 80. And so they make more Neo off of their trade. They say that they shorted it. I'm gonna short it. Colloquially, how shorting is used. However, that's kind of not what shorting means. To talk about shorting, let's talk, look at this example. You have an account on Coinbase and your partner has an account on Coinbase. And in your account, you have, let's just say it's only Bitcoin and Litecoin and your partner has all F. Your partner has one F, you have whatever other coin. Well, you know what? You really want to make some money off of that F. So you borrow their F to try to short it. It's at $300, $300 right now, F is. But you know, because Vitalik just was on Reddit or something, and people were commenting, and you think this Casper thing that they're going to do is going to fail. And you know that F is going to go down to 200 after this fails. So what you do is you borrow that 1F to sell it at 300 And you have to return that 1F to your partner regardless of the price. But what you're going to do is you're going to buy it back at 200 because you just may have $300 right now. So you're going to try to buy it back at 200 and return that 1F to them and keep the $100 profit. That's kind of what shorting is, is that you are borrowing somebody else's F to buy it at a cheaper price to return it. And the thing is with, with shorting the market is it's limited. It's limited in how much profit you can make because, um, for example, and is very risky. For example, if you're going to short the market, how much money could you make out of a $300 F trade? So you're selling F at $300, hopefully you buy it low. You can only make $300, actually $299.99 for the most part. That's as much as you can make off of this trade. If the price plummets, every time the more it goes down, the more money you're making. The thing is, profits are infinite. F can go up from 300 to 400 to 1,000 to 3,000 to 30,000. We don't know. So what if this thing that you're betting against actually works out for the benefit of F and it goes to 400 or 500 or 600? Well, now you have to still replace that F and you have to buy it back or at whatever price F is going to be at at the time that you decide to replace it. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup 
recordings. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one with the three-in-one. You don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, you can do um, a couple of things when you're shorting is you can play stop limit orders. Um, I'm sorry, stop loss orders and things like that or and stop limit orders to protect yourself from drastic fluctuations in the market. However, shorting is more of a loan scenario where you take an F from somebody else or a broker or somebody's portfolio and then you try to short it and make the profit off the difference if you think that the price is going to go down, and which is different than you shorting on your own coin, like if you sell, if you have you know one F and you think it's going to go down, so you sell it, you really have no no risk. You already you have your profit, you have your money. It's a little bit different. So, but colloquially, shorting is still used to say short to buy at, at lower. Uh, there's something else called fading, and I think fading is something what pe- more people do is that they're trying to buy in the dip and anticipation of a raise on the other side of this valley. So for example, we're going to keep talking about F. F is at 300 and you you know you see it going down. You see it going down to 290, 280, 270. And you start buying at 290, 280, 270. In anticipation it's going to hit 260 and start going back up. So you hit it you buy it at 260. And then it goes back up to 270. You are anticipating the rise on the other side of this fall. Conversely, you can do the same if it's rising. You can be selling on the way up, knowing that it's going to fall on the other side. Well, I have my F now at you know 260. It's at 280, 290. I'm starting to sell at 290, 291, 295. It's going to hit three and it's going to go down. Hits three and goes down. You have just faded the market. Now, let's just say... You have you're fading you're using you're using your fade strategy, okay, and we hear a lot of these terms a lot: correction, retracement, reversals. So what's the difference between the three? A correction and a retracement these do not mean that you break your trend. They don't mean that you break your uptrend or your downtrend. It means that the market is just catching up. It's just 
It's just, you know, retracing a little bit. It's just correcting a little bit. But it doesn't mean that your uptrend is, is over. A reversal, on the other hand, means that we went the other direction. And, it, and it's apparent. It's not, a re, it's not a retracement. It's not that Ethwin just went from 260 to 270 to 280 to 300 because it was on a rise. Then went down to 280. And now it's going back up to 290 to 300 to 310. And it's still on an uptrend. It means that F is went from 300 to 290 to 280 to 260. And now it's at 250, 240, 230. And it's going to continue down until there's another reversal. And now it's in a downtrend. So there's a difference between retracement and reversals. And corrections are most likely, most like retracements. It's just a correction in the market. Something that was overbought. You can just, you know, shit goes crazy. You mean you see people just buy, 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 and, you know, and, and anticipate the price. And the price is, you know, super exaggerated. And then the market catches up and goes, whoa, wait, it, this isn't worth it right now. So it just, you know, kind of corrects itself. And, but it still doesn't mean that it's a reversal. It's just a correction. But a lot of people panic when they see corrections. A lot of people panic when they see a retracement. And they don't get that that's what the market does. Retracements and corrections are just what they, what they are. It's retracement and corrections. They don't mean that the trend is broken. The reversal means the trend is broken. We always hear about buying and holding. The term buying and holding is what... Um, most people that I know do, and I am a buy and holder. I'm a buy and holder. Actually, lately I've been more into trading because I got really pissed off with Neo and holding it. And buying and holding basically means that you are just buying something and holding it in long terms, regardless of the short term trends. It means that if you buy F at 300, you don't care if it goes to 200. You don't care if it goes to 100. You're in it for the long term. You're going you're gonna to check in about a year or two. Closed books. I'll talk, I'll talk to you guys later. Somebody comes up to you and says, hey, that's at 150. I don't care. I'm holding it. Hold Lambo's moon. Hold on for dear life. Now, this has always been a debate. Which one is better? Active trading or passive trading? Or active management of your portfolio or passive management? And Warren Buffett is a passive management. He buys and he holds. And Warren Buffett is very rich from holding. By making good choices for what markets or what stocks or what coins are going to be the future. And traditionally, holding is the best option. It's just to buy something and hold it. However, a lot of people are very, very big advocates for active management of their portfolios and this is to be engaged with what is happening and some people use both ideas to manage their portfolios and this is a combination of active and passive i'm a holder unless it makes certain criteria then i am going to uh, be active and i'm going to initiate some decisions with my stocks or my coin moving on Day trading. What is a day trader? A day trader is somebody who is buying and selling within a day. Coins are bought and closed out in the same day. So that means you're closing your position in the same day. You're going to say buy F at 
280 and you're going to sell it by the end of the day at 300 it kind of doesn't make sense in the crypto world because it's a 24-hour market it's not like nasdaq where it's going to close you're going to hear some bells and shit like that um so it doesn't work unless you use the trick that i just learned the other day and that is going into usdt the problem with going into usdt is that um you're going to miss any movement of your bitcoin so if you think Bitcoin's strong and it's going to go up then you really want to be holding on to your Bitcoin instead of going into USDT. But we'll go into USDT in a minute. Actually, no, we'll go into USDT now. Um, USDT is is Tether, and I don't know if you guys played with this a lot, and I haven't until recently, and I found it to be a very comforting tool to have. I find that most of my mistakes are because I'm stressed, I'm tired, I have too much on my plate, or I have too much invested. And sometimes I just need a break. But I don't want to put it, make a break in Bitcoin because I have to think about what the Bitcoin price is. Is it going up? Is it stable? I don't know. USDT is a very good way to take yourself out of the game temporarily. Poloniex has USDT. Bittrex has USDT. You can take your Bitcoin, your ETH, your NEO, your, I think, Monero and Dash, and they all go directly into USDT. And it's basically the US dollar. Tether is basically tethered, let's say, to the US dollar. It fluctuates 98 cents some days, a dollar two some days, but you're never going to really lose or gain anything from USDT. It is, <laughs> you're going to put it in there to say, I'm going to step step away from this. And it's good for strategies as well. For example, you're you're usually trading on Bit, Bittrex, which is my daily driver. And there's this whole thing lately with the China market and ICOs and bans and exchanges. Well, I'm not going to go into USDT, but I can see why somebody would say, hey, I'm going to take my Bitcoin and move it to, the, to USDT, to the dollar. It's going to keep its value as a dollar. Say if I have one Bitcoin, it's... For 4200 right now. And if it goes down to $3,500, Bitcoin goes down to $3,500 to the dollar, I still have my $4,200. I'll buy more Bitcoin. Or I'm just going to stay out of the market. If it goes up, you lose. If it goes down, you gain. But it's just I have my, my money secure in my fiat currency. And it's a very good way to clear your mind, take a step back from the game, and then decide your next strategy, your next move. Other terminology, swing trading. Swing trading is a trading the volatility of a coin after a trend. It is usually something that people don't do by themselves. They use uh, algorithms and computer programs and stuff like that because to time the market, look, you can't time the market. Everybody says don't try to time the market. So, but you can. You, you can you can play around. You can trade. But swing trading is very volatile and very risky. You are playing with the volatility after a big uptrend or a big uh, crash. And scalping, scalping is kind of like swing trading and you're basically just trying to get little profits. You're, you're scalping the coin or the, or the stock. And it's more used when markets are less volatile because there's always movement in a coin. There's always a little bit of up and a little bit of down. 
And some people make a good living just having a lot of money put into one coin and taking a percent here and a percent there. A percent here, and they do it all day. You get a very stable coin, like a Litecoin, for example. I don't think if it's the, the most stable, but it's pretty consistent. You know where, where it's going to go. You know it's going to go down a little bit. You know it's going to go up a little bit. It's not going to do anything drastic. Um, down in the description today, I'm going to put a couple of videos. Uh, one is going to be high-altitude investing um, about how to manage risk. And the other one is to go over these terms. And that's terms like resistance line, triangles, flags, pennants, wedges, the rectangle pattern, the head and shoulders pattern, double tops, double bottom, triple tops, and triple bottoms. And this is a great half-hour, 40-minute tutorial of how to read a chart or your candlesticks to figure out how to plot a path that your coin might go. I would highly recommend just watching it. Look, 40 minutes to sit down and watch somebody talk to you about <laughs> drawing triangles on a screen. It really is boring, but it is very worth it. And you will see the market in a whole different light once you have finished watching it. That is about it for today. And I hope that it was informative. I'm going to listen to it again during editing and I will make corrections. You don't need to know that, but I'm going to tell you anyway. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So now that you know a couple of different styles of trading, there's hold, there's scalping, there's fading. You can be active, you can be passive with your portfolio management. Start looking into these different terms. I would suggest a Google of trading styles and techniques. Uh, there's a lot of info out there. You can look to see what you're doing currently or you can learn different styles so you can have it into your toolbox so you can use it while you're trading. Or at the very least, you can figure out what kind of trader you are and perfect that skill that you already have. And like always, I'm gonna end this to say, please join us at Facebook, Tumblr, SoundCloud, Crypto 101. Join us on Instagram and Twitter at Crypto underscore 101 or Crypto underscore underscore 101. I can't remember which one's which. Crypto 101's taken from and why why just give it to me guys if you if you have crypto 101 you own crypto 101 can you please just give it to me so i can have, stop having underscores or dots <laughs> in my in my uh emails and things oh yeah my email please email me at crypto.101 at outlook.com that's crypto.101 at outlook.com and finally i want to give a shout out to kyle our media marketing director that is doing all of our, our social media and stuff like that, you see him all over Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, and things like that. Uh, shout out to him. He is the silent person. I'm the guy who talks. He's the guy that does all the work. So thanks a lot, Kyle. And this week's music's by Arizona. Song is called Cross My Mind. Link is in the description. I didn't say that right, did I? Link is in the description. <laughs> this is Matthew Aaron, Crypto 101.
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.